everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true, people. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, writing life, well as video and audio interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Every imaginable kind of author has been interviewed on Author Magazine. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the new website. I'm enjoying it. Oh, it's lovely. Check it out at authormagazine.org. We're also funded by the fabulous Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. They know what they're doing over there. They have a great conference every year. It's now moved to September. I know I've mentioned it before. I'm mentioning it again. It's going to be this September, first weekend in September in Seattle. If you want to check it out, if you want to go there to learn about the craft and the business of writing, if you want to take a fearless writing class from me or a workshop on character or platform, if you want to pitch a book you're writing to agents and editors, well, you can do all of that. You can do it all at the PNWA Pacific Northwest Writers Conference. Go check it out at pnwa.org. Uh, yeah, uh, speaking of speaking of fearless writing, I will be teaching a fearless writing workshop here in Seattle on May 5th. May 5th from 12:30 to 3:30 at the Good Shepherd Center. It's over in uh, Wallingford District. If you're a Seattleite or in the Seattle area, you want to check it out, I'd love to see you. This is all about finding your inherent confidence. Writing is inherently a fearless act. The question is whether you're going to get that fearlessness accidentally or on purpose. Fearless Writing Workshop is all about getting it on purpose. Yes, indeed. So if you're interested in attending that workshop, Go over to my homepage, williamkenauer.com, and there's a link to that workshop right on the homepage. Check it out, williamkenauer.com. Uh, I heard it said that, uh, I think Stephen King said he takes only two days off a year from writing. One, I think he said, is Christmas. I think he said one is Christmas. The other is his birthday. Well, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, just to give you an idea how dedicated I am to you and this show, today is my birthday, yet here I am. Doing the show, that's right. But I couldn't think of anything better to do. I love talking to writers about writing, and I love talking to my guest today. I've talked to her a couple times. Oh, she's a great person, Jane Porter. If you don't know Jane, you're going to get to know her now. Jane is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. She's written over 50 novels. In fact, she just told me she's working on number 59, you slackers. 59 she's written. That's right. Uh, and that started about 18 years ago when she sold her very first book to Harlequin Presents. Since then, she's a six-time Rita finalist, and she won the Rita in 2014 for Take Me, Cowboy. Uh, Jane's known for her passionate, powerful stories and relatable heroines. She's an advocate for writers. She actually founded Thule Publishing back in 2013 to give romance and women's fiction authors support and opportunities. She's here with us right now. Jane, welcome to the show. Hello, Bill. It's nice to be here. Good to have you. How are you doing? It's been a few years. You've written well, a lot of books birthday. since I last talked to you. I probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've been writing, but I'm glad to be with you on your birthday. You're one of my favorite people I... to talk books and writing with. Oh. oh, well, thank you. It's good. I can't think of anything better to do on my birthday. You know, birthday should be about what 
you like to do. And I do love talking about writers. Right. You know, actually, Jane, you have one of my one of my favorite writer stories. Uh I mentioned in the intro that you sold your first say your first sale was back in two thousand to Harlequin Presents, but that was not the first book you had written, was it? No, I I wrote many, many, many <laughs> others. Maybe like fourteen over fourteen years. Yeah, it was a wow. long, long. Wow, wow. So, but and the the thing, you, the story you told me was that so you've been writing and submitting, and uh, you know you're getting the rejections and going through what writers go through. But you had an epiphany. But let me ask you this: before we get to your epiphany, when you think back. When you think back to the time when you were writing and not selling, before you had sold that first book, um, do you ever use any of that time in, in what you learned before you started having publishing success? Do you use anything from that time to help you now? Is there anything you learned at, was that during that rough patch that I, you sort of took with you? I, yeah, I think like post publishing, being published is so much harder than even trying to get published. And I think that all that tenacity and not giving up and coming back at it the story again and again getting back up looking at your book differently looking at the markets I, I think that's what has allowed me to still be in an industry that is constantly changing and it's challenging and I learned to I learned to be gritty and hang in there and that's totally paid off yeah you so you discovered did you feel like you just did you like discover a grit that you kind of didn't know you had until you had to write number eight and nine and ten and eleven absolutely i i actually yeah. think i astonished a fair number of people but in the end writing was the one thing for me it wasn't it wasn't like i was doing it because to prove anything to anyone else it wasn't i wasn't doing it for my mom i wasn't doing it for anyone it was for me and that was the one thing i thought i can't give up on this is for me and i i wasn't about to let myself down with my only really big dream you were, so you just weren't going to do it. Because, in fact, what you said to me was you um, you reached a moment where you said, well, I'll, I'm never going to give – like, I'm going to keep doing – no matter what happens, until my little old lady, I'm going to be writing anyway. Right. I, that's it. I was wondering if that was – yes, my epiphany was yeah. I might be in my 80s, and I might – but I will be writing for myself. I'm, I will do this my whole life, and even if it's only for me, I will do this. And within – months of that or weeks of me having this epiphany that I'm doing this for me I'm not doing this for anyone else I finally sold thank you God but yes I, I, I finally <laughs> hey, now, realized this you realize yeah. what you realize this is it I'm in it for the long haul regardless I'm in it because I'm a writer I think there's the idea yeah. that we can make money you know and be read by others but then I'm somebody who needs to tell stories so I guess I shouldn't say I'm if we're going to line up writers in terms of craft and the magic and the exquisiteness of prose, I'm not, I'm not going to be somebody that they go, Oh, Porter's prose is delicious. It's so literary. It's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a storyteller and I try to tell right. a story with punch and emotion. I want my readers to feel, I want them to laugh and cry. And the more I can right. make them laugh and the more I can make them cry, the happier I am. That's right. Now, do you like to laugh and cry, Jane? Yes. If I'm not laughing, yes. I might be crying. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You got to feel things. Well, that's good. You know, you got to read. I'm sh- actually, if I, I believe we've had this conversation, but I suspect you read, 
you don't read narrowly, I don't think. I mean, I think you, you read a lot of different stuff. But you got to write what you really like reading, it seems to me. If you don't do that, I think you're probably off base. Well, you know, I used to be a high school teacher, and I taught honors, and I've, ta- I've taught all the literary, you know, AP-type sure. stories. I have a master's degree in writing, and I'm a, in my master's degree program, you read. My father is a professor. My brother is a professor. My grandfather is a professor. I can oh read. Oh, my God. But, you know, I can read. But for me, I thought, <laughs> at what point can I just read what I want to read? Because it makes me feel like a little girl. And for me, that's the best part of reading. When I remember oh. being seven and curling up with a book and the joy of like powering through little women and then little men and then Joe's cousins. And I'm mean, literally reading like every Alcott novel back to back as I could find them at the library. That was wow. happiness for me. So even today when yeah. I read, I don't believe in reading because it makes me a better person. I got to be honest, I kind of like who I am. I don't think I need to read like a <laughs> vitamin. I I read because it's like a dessert, and I throw myself into it. Good, good. I mean, a writer. I, I mean, there are writers who disagree with this. I real as as a writer myself, I would never want anyone to read anything I've written because they feel it's the best thing for them. I, want, I mean, I do write stuff that tends to be inspirational. So my stuff is nonfiction now, and it's it's sort of inspiring in nature. But I want people to read it because they want to be inspired, not because they are taking, like they you said, to. a pill. I want them to like it. And if they don't like it, then find something they do like. Absolutely. Well, you know, and this, so, is, this comes down to yeah, craft. And I think what you just said is the whole nature for writers. Writers should be themselves. I'm not here. Yeah. My purpose for my stories isn't to do – I'm not going to hold up a mirror to society in the way of somebody who's, say, from Brooklyn or somebody who's right. from, you know, a small town outside of, like, you know, Hollister, California, I'm writing me and my things. And every writer has a responsibility to be authentic on paper. And if this is my authentic self on paper, then that's what I'm supposed to do, just like you are supposed to do you. That's right. Amen. That's true. If everybody, if everybody in the world was authentic to who they were and didn't feel they had to be any different than they were, they, the world would be a very lovely place to live all the time. But most people are trying to force, I think, are sort of forcing themselves either a little bit or a lot into lives that they're not quite meant to lead. I do think that's the case for many people. I do. Well, I, I, I think, you know, some people have lived something very profound and painful or something that needs to be said to society in such a way. I found for me that I say many profound truths through fiction where it can entertain women but also be digested in little bites. It's it's not so shocking that they need to put the book down. It doesn't make them right. uncomfortable in such a way. That's just what I have been called to do as a writer. But, you know, some of my favorite books are not like that. Some of my favorite authors are here to shock us and to shake us and to grab us by you know, the back of the neck and say, hey, wake up. But that's each writer's own responsibility. And I think I don't ever try to be anything but what I want to be. And, and I think that that's where we get more peace with ourselves, that there's contentment in the craft when you are who you want to be. And, yeah. and there's Absolutely. criticism for that, though. Yeah? Yeah? You think so? I think 
But yeah, especially if you're a genre writer. I mean, there's. I stopped uh, wanting to attend book festivals and literary festivals because inevitably there's the professor of a creative writing program from here who's written his one book of his life that he speaks on all over the country is always kind of a little bit sneery if you come from, you know, romance or commercial women's fiction. And the truth is I love what I do and I love my readers and I don't need to sit with a bunch of men or women who look down their noses at other writers. I, I'm just, or readers. Frankly, I'm just not yeah. interested. I would rather Good. like talk to you who's interested <laughs> in all writers, but not judgmental. Yes, I'm interested. I'm interested in people doing things they like to do. I think anytime you can see someone doing something they really love to do, whether it's writing romance or building muscle cars or exercising or anything, I feel like I learned something from it because it, I think everyone, it requires a certain kind of courage to say, this is exactly the life I want to lead. This, whatever this is. I don't, it doesn't matter whether it is, what it is. So I'm, I'm all, I'm a cheerleader for anyone doing what it is they're supposed to do. I find it inspiring. Uh, and you know, did you, doesn't come fast. So not, well, sometimes it does and it freaks people out. I think, I think it can, but it can freak us out when it does. You know, people aren't ready for it sometimes, you know. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, like, they, like it mean, just hits without I, them I, knowing it. Well, I think, and it might, I might in some areas. I, most of the people I know who write, they, they don't have, like, a book, their first number one that shoots to the New York Times. That's yeah, the no, it's story. true. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we're not all, uh, what was their names? The one who wrote The Highlander. Uh, you know, um, uh, what's her I know name? She's such I'm... an odd little bird. I interviewed her. Oh, I, I, um, you know what yes, I'm talking about. My brain is, yes, I do. I do. I do. I sat with her on a panel at the Surrey Writers Conference um, up in Canada a couple of years ago. And my brain, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I've forgotten her name. I can't believe all you listeners, you probably know. Anyway, she just, well, anyway, that was kind of her story according to her, but I don't know if it's true. Hey, let me ask you this. When you were doing the MFA, did they give you great? Did, oh, Diana, did did you yeah, feel accepted Diana. in that program, or did you, or was you, was there some sort of bristling because you were headed towards the genres? Oh, I was the only genre writer. Everybody else was Chekhov, of course, and Hemingway. Right. Oh. Um, yeah. And I was, or you, they were going to be the next great poet. You know, I right. had to read that, those painful things. I had to read my pages twice uh, a week out loud. And, and oh, of course, it was, a med- it was a medieval romance, and it was very medieval romancy, and it was a big early yeah. project. I was only 20, 24, 25, so I'd read these pages, and there would be deafening silence. For two years, oh. I did it, so I'm, I'm pretty good now. Wow. <laughs> Man, you are one brave woman. Well, you just didn't know any better. Well, I hope the teacher was – hey, listen, you know what we got? We got a caller, I think. A caller. Uh-uh. Let's see if we actually do. How many people call? This is rare. Let's see if it's a real caller. Okay. Uh, uh, hello, caller. Are, are you there? Hi, I'm here. <laughs> oh, awesome. Do you have a question for Jane? Hi, Jane. It's, my name's Denise. Um, I've met you. And I just wanted to know if you've ever had a publisher try and get you to change something that you were um, – that you writ- had written – and you had to fight for it so that Ooh. you could keep your authentic story 
and and stand true to what you wanted to write. Oh, well, good I, question. I, What's I your name again? Denise. Denise. Okay. Good. So what what do you think? What do you think, Jane? You ever had to do that? All right, and I hope Denise. I hope this wasn't with Tuli Publishing. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sure it wasn't. Okay, okay. No. All right. I'm laughing. No. I think yes. And you know what I did is I actually made the changes, and it, I did that with She's on Country, and I regretted it. I was um. I was just convinced that I needed to change it, and I I don't think the book ever held up the same, but. Um, it was a decision where, for me, I was caught between a rock and a hard place, and I was worried they would kill my contract if I didn't, because I had another book on my contract, if I, if I didn't make the changes. Um, I've, I've learned to negotiate now. You know, I'll leave this in, but I'll change this. And what if I do this? But can I do this? Um, but I have, and um, and sometimes I, I, I can't, because they're giving me money for it. That's the whole point of that advance, in a way, I realized belatedly, if they're giving you X amount of money up front, it's very hard to give money back. And so, yeah. uh, good question, Denise. Have, are you are you well, doing that, you. Denise, right now? I'm sorry, I didn't what, hear what you said. Are you are you working on something? Or are you working with a publisher now, um, uh, Denise? I'm, well, I'm I have two works in progress, but um, they're just. I don't have it. They're not. I'm more of an indie right now. Right. I don't have. Um, I haven't submitted even the proposal to anyone. I'm just writing the stories and hoping to submit somewhere. I had well, a ask, previous. I'm gonna. I'm gonna act as an agent here. Uh, Jane. Jane is a publisher now. Also, if she wanted to submit to Thule, how would she do that? Could she do uh, that? Tuli website. There's a submission info there. But what I will say to Denise on this, this is where I'm a publisher that thinks like an, a writer, an author. And I, I think a lot of publishers, if you explain why something's really important to the story, they want what's best for your book. So that they will listen and they will respect that. If they have a reason why it doesn't work because they published something similar and it didn't sell, they did something, and it was a dismal financial loss. They'll tell you that. And so I always feel like it's good to make it a conversation and not make it rigid, black or white, but have a conversation. Yeah. What do you know, and why is this um, a problem? And then you guys go back and forth. So don't be afraid of publishers for that. I, in my experience, publishers really want you to succeed because that's how they succeed too. That's great. It, Denise, thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the call. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, you know it's true. Yeah, you know it's it's true. I uh, it was great. I loved the experience of publishing uh, Fearless Writing. Um, great editor over at Writers Digest, and uh, you know there was a lot of spiritual kind of philosophical stuff in it, and they asked a lot of questions, and it was it was a great it was a conversation. Is exactly how I looked at it, and it was a lot of fun because it got was an extension of what I was writing about already. So. Uh, I think it's a great way of looking at it as as a conversation because they want you to they want you to thrive, obviously. Yeah, you know, they don't absolutely. I, I and that's it, and that's one of the, the the exciting things in say digital versus your traditional market where you're in maybe hardcover or your paperback and then you know digital, is that a lot of those digital publishers are more fifty fifty or seventy thirty or sixty forty. Yeah. 
basically authors have to earn if they're going to earn. And so the whole goal right. should be making something, you know, wonderful for, for readers and that's going to be appealing. So, you, you know, it's funny when the whole ebook thing really got going, uh, I had actually had a meet actually before the ebook thing even got going, I found myself in a room with among other people, it was a gaming company, a very successful Seattle gaming company who were looking to partner with Harlequin of all people. And so the lead sales guy for, for North America of Harlequin was at this meeting. So I was listening to him talk about his readership and, this was before the first Kindle had ever been released, and already Harlequin was selling ebooks just for computers, just for people's computers. So, the, uh, the, the, you know, romance writers were way ahead of the readers were way ahead of the curve, the ebook curve. And once the whole, you know, once Amazon got going with, uh, you know, CreateSpace and all that, I thought some industrious romance writer is going to do exactly what you did, which was create her own, co- her own company, because it seemed to me romance writers of all the writers were the ones just built to go indie lucratively because of your devoted well, sort of fan base and the hunger of your readers. And I think what's interesting is, you know, we just had an agent, I'll say politely chatting with us or with Tuli last week with our uh, managing editor, Megan Farrell. And I, I knew this agent from 17, 18 years ago when I lived up in the Pacific Northwest. I've known her a long time. But she was uh-huh. a little bit harsh. She said, what's, you know, what's the point of publishing with you? Why don't they just keep all the money and um, self-publish? And I was like, you're exactly right. right. Then they can do their own cover. They can do their own formatting, their own That's editing. Right. They can do it all. They can there's no reason. You're absolutely right. If, but then I'm also thinking that author then doesn't need the agent. So I don't even know what the agent was hoping to gain because the, the point of an agent is to find the best publishing deals and, and, what's, and what's best for that one author and what she's looking for. And so I, I always think it's, you know, but the thing that I found through Thule, there's a lot of authors who are not prepared to be true indie. They, they're no. not built for no. No, 90% of them aren't. It's hard. It's a whole, you've got to, it's a, you've got to be a business person. You're really, you're more as much a business person as you are a writer. And most writers just want to write. Yes. And that's, I'm on, I, I love, love my author friends, but I would say fairly regularly, I bump into an author who's been published a long time and I'll say, why do your readers come to you? Tell me. So we're trying to like focus in on her brand right. and how to like capture it and, her titles, her market, everything. And she goes, I don't know. And I go, listen, babe, you've published 20 books. Why are they reading you? And she goes, I have no idea. And I'm like, oh, you need to figure that out. And I'm not trying to be tough, but the truth is you need to know why people will buy, for example, a Jane Porter versus a Megan Crane versus a Kevin Cruz. You need to know why people come to you because you want to deliver on that promise. That's right. That's right. I, I, in fact, when I started my kind of career started when I started doing this blog for Author Magazine, and I realized that what drew people back was that I offered them the same, essentially emotional experience each time, that I that they could count on me for a certain perspective on life and writing and creativity. It was the consistency, and I really felt I knew what that was, and it taught me a lot about the relationship between writer and reader, a kind of dependability. And I think it's very important. And I kind of knew what it was. And if you had asked me, I could explain it to you. But I, but I knew that my consistency was very important for them to trust that when they came back, they knew emotionally what was going to happen, you know, for that four or 500 words. Does that make sense? 
Yes, and, and what's fascinating is I don't think, I think when, when the digital market opened up and people could do various things, the very, very smart writers, the ones who became extremely successful, they, they zeroed in on what they do well and they, what readers were buying, and they focused on that. And if they did experiment a little bit, a bit they would watch their numbers and they would watch what the readers were buying. And if the, the numbers weren't there, they would sh- make shifts and they would make these adjustments. And then the problem is the other authors who are maybe very creative, but they lack kind of the ability to see it as a business. And so they'll do uh. one, say, romantic comedy, then they'll do a romantic suspense, and then a paranormal. And the problem is those are three different markets. Those readers are not going to follow that author over from one to the other to right. the other. And so right. it's like starting three new businesses at one time. Um, yeah. It's going to be hard on you. So I, I love from getting into the Thule side of publishing has made me aware of when an editor gave me feedback or when they had response on a series or proposal. I now understand so much more what was happening. I kind of wish I'd done this 10 years earlier. I would have made, I think, very different choices at times. But yeah. ultimately, I, I wouldn't have had Thule either. So. Right. Well, are you, so are you enjoying being the boss? You like it? Yes. I had to think about it. You know, we're, it's our fifth year this yeah. fall. And um, we've just gotten to the point where I don't, maybe in the last year and a half, I don't wake up every day saying, is this the end? And now I go, oh, <laughs> we're going to be around a while. And, right. um, and it's starting to get fun. But I will say the most fun for me now is saying, look what we have done. We're here. We've been up for awards. We've got 12, 15 books in different stages of film production. Um, wow. You know, it's we talking to a game designer, actually, through our entertainment attorney, and I love taking creative women, creative men's stories. I love taking creativity and exploiting it so that we can take this great story and get it out as entertainment. And yeah. to me, there's, there's no real ceiling on it. Like, let's see what we can do. Let's make it. Let's play. And creativity is play. So, uh, yes, yes. I, I love it. Ah, it's fun. It's awesome. Creativity is play. Do you hear that, people? It's true. And I think that's one of the hard things that adults, one of the things when I teach my writing kind of, they're like self-help workshops for writers. One of the things I have to drill down on because I'm teaching adults is you're supposed to be having fun. This is supposed to feel like play. It may be challenging, but ultimately it's play. And I think it's hard for adults because play is seen as what you do on the day off or what kids do. Adults work. But really, what you said, I think it's absolutely true. It should feel like play. I love that. Well, and it's problem solving. And yet a lot of play is also problem solving. I think the great thing about a, a writer life or a creative life is that it's a constant, you know, you're, it's different skill sets. It's challenging. It's complex, complex some days. It's, you, some days writing is so frustrating, and then other times it all falls into place. And those decisions you struggled with three days ago have now paid off, and it's just and, – and then it's euphoric. And I, honestly, I had a call yesterday with our entertainment attorney, and she said, you know, I have someone interested in buying a publishing company, and, or I have someone who'd love to, you know – and she said, would you even consider it? And I said, no. Ooh. I said, I, Ooh, I no. said. You don't want to cash I, it in? She's like, <laughs> but she's like, you know, because you're not doing this for the money. I'm like, no, I'm doing it because 
it's taking my love of books and readers and mashing it all up, and it's the best life I could have ever imagined. Uh, ah, it's good, Jane. You're an inspiration to us. I love it. You're doing great. <laughs> Keep doing it. But yes. I could talk to you for a long time, but I've got to let you go. But I, before I do, well, before I do, so you're going to – you told me a little before when we were off the air – all the places you're going to be, you're going to be in Australia, you were going to be in Paris, but you're not going to be now, but so you're going to be in New York, you're going to be down in Denver. If people want to learn about where you're going to be, they go to janeporter.com. Is that your current website? That's it. I haven't been right. to check in there. And if they're and if they're an aspiring writer or a writer who wants to look for a new publisher, Tule Publishing, uh, T-U-L-E, and you guys in the, on the website, they can learn about how best to contact you. Yep, Is yep. that correct? And, and, and people can always and, reach out to me, Jane at JanePorter.com, anytime that they have a question. I'm easy. Oh, excellent. And you guys do agented and unagented stuff? Is it a mixture? Both. I would say 30% is agented and the other 70. Okay. Of, now, most of our authors have agents, but many of them choose right. not to use an agent. Just they can pocket a little bit more. I'm not discouraging right. those who have agents so to cut their agent out. Please don't Right. that. Okay, so. got it. <laughs> All right, Tule Publishing, T-U-L-E. All right, but before you go, Jane, finish this sentence for me. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh, Bill, you're giving me a hard <laughs> one. Um, yeah, you can do it. It's, it's, it's that you can create your whole life. Writing's taught me to create my life. You see, what did you hear my intro? What it takes to write the book you want to write is what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. You see? You got it. You and got now we it. should talk more often. No kidding. That is awesome. Writing taught you how to lead your life. Jane, good luck with book number 59. Uh, <laughs> and uh, good luck with Thule Publishing and all the fabulous things you're doing. Thank you, Bill. Happy birthday. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Oh, see, it's true, people. You know why? You know why writing taught her how to lead your life? Because life is a creative act. It is. It's creative. The question is, do you understand it's creative? Do you do it on purpose? Face the blank page. You've got to create on purpose. You can't do it accidentally. You've got to pick every word. Well, your life's like that. If you realize it, it is. And I realized it on my birthday. Why not? It's me. I'm here. I'm alive. I've got another year in me, I think. Well, I will be back next week. I will talking to somebody who am i going to be talking to oh joan dempsey that'll be fun until then people go do something you love